Life's too short for crap marketing. The Got Marketing Podcast is for marketers, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want marketing that's fun, accessible, and meaningful. Join me, Mia Feilman, for inspired chats with my favorite marketing insiders about marketing that works, campaigns that inspire, and the fads, fakery, and false profits to avoid. Welcome, friend. Today, we're going to discuss making the intangible tangible, taking a seed of an idea and bringing it to life. I don't know about you, but seeing ideas come to life is the most rewarding part of my job. So you think you've got a good idea. What happens next? You can always start everything on your own and do everything on your own. And then a lot of the work that we do and a lot of the work that a lot of people do is that. But then there has to be an element of backing yourself, believing yourself and playing big. And to do that, even the best coaches in the world have coaches. That was Frances Schneider, the co-founder of Awesome Source, a non-alcoholic G&T brand. Alcohol consumption is declining worldwide with young people driving this cultural shift. Enter the zero alcohol beverages market that looks and tastes like alcohol. The pandemic has accelerated the growth of zero alcohol beverages so that in 2022, the zero elk market was valued at $11 billion. While the 0% category is still in its infancy, non-alcohol is growing faster than alcohol in most markets. With increased demand comes increased opportunity. So let's dive into the chat with Francis and find out how she took Awesome Source from idea to execution. Welcome to Got Marketing, Francis. Whoop, whoop. Hey, Mia. Super excited to be here. I'm so thrilled I finally got you here. It took a little bit of doing. Why the apprehension? Oh, it's, um, it's always different when you're doing a podcast. We get requests like this a little bit, and I've just done a little feature article this week too. I guess it's, I spend so much time planning and preparing and doing awesome and good when you're actually given this space to then discuss it it's such a different vibe and experience you know you're having to step back up out of things and dissect and be really vulnerable and everyone who knows me knows that I'm always super authentic sometimes to a fault um, you know being direct and happy to talk through reality so there's just a different ball game speaking to the Mia uh, and then doing it about me. Oh, yeah. But on the other side of fear is growth, right? I mean, you're talking to a Tony Robbins seminar veteran. So chatting about personal development growth, kicking fear directly in the face. I think Lady Gaga made a really good quote. She's like, I felt fear and I got into my green room and I kicked it in the face. You know, I am absolutely a huge fan of all of those philosophies but beyond that living and breathing that in real life too not just the theory I love that that's so good well it took a lot of balls of steel I would say (laughs) to create a zero alcohol brand so I want to talk about it first of all why why did you create a zero alcohol brand everyone's got it epic fuck off origin story right and we can sit here and talk about you know every single micro moment that happened to build this up And I have that story and we absolutely can do that. The crux of it all is I'm I'm just a a girl who knows that she has epic potential to do good for the world. And when I look back on my life, when it's coming to an end, I want to 
say I spent my time and my energy and my greatness on something that is worthwhile, bigger than me and doing good for the world. A lot of my career has been in doing sometimes very little of that, lots of reward in other capacities and other ways. But Awesome Source for me is about helping people live their best lives, particularly those that are looking to do it unapologetically with boldness, with fear, with lack of fear. And everything else that amounted to that moment, we can absolutely chat through. But bottom line, that is why I started Awesome Source. And that is why it's called Awesome Source. You don't see references to AF. You don't see references to alcohol-free in my brand name. We are more than that. Hmm. Okay. I love that. I love that you've put purpose ahead of everything and living a life of purpose and living a life of intention. And But why did you channel it specifically to zero alcohol GNT? What was it about that that appealed to you the most? The truth is that I used to drink a lot. I mean, come over to my house. You're welcome anytime. I know it's a bit of a trip from Darwin to Melbourne, but you're here occasionally. Come on over, girlfriend. My cabinet of alcohol is crazy. Talk about spending money on artisanal gin products. I mean, that was me. And I think a lot of people spend a lot of their time really loving alcohol. It's part of our social fabric. My background is European. You know, we were drinking right at an early age. It was incredibly normal for me to drink a lot, you know, have a glass of wine with dinner. The reality is that it got to a point where I actually started to get headaches. And the decision for me to drink significantly changed and became very apparent that it's right or wrong was I was having side effects. And all of a sudden, my collection of hundreds of dollars worth of beautiful gin products, you know, felt like they were occupying a space within my house that I I wanted to indulge and I wanted to enjoy, but just wasn't worth it. And so Awesome Source became a product that I wanted to consume, something that was beautiful, glamorous. You know, someone last night on Instagram called it bougie. I'm not sure if that's the right term because that's not my intention to be bougie, but definitely create something that I felt like was similar to that artisanal gin that was really bespoke, premium, luxe, and made me feel special. So, yep, headaches became a big part of the reason why I started a non-elf business, Mia. Yeah, I love how honest and upfront you've been about that because I think it's everyone's lived experience but no one is talking about it that (laughs) (laughs) that actually alcohol is not helping us live our best lives but we're in denial about it because of what you said about it being part of the social fabric I also think you made such a good point around as you get older you start to really question like is it worth it is it worth spending my entire weekend hungover grumpy yelling at my kids just to have like not that many drinks on Friday night because as we get older, alcohol just, it does not, it does not agree with us. Yeah. And I think a lot of Australians and I think a lot of people around the world have already discovered the health benefits of not drinking alcohol. It's also a strategic choice of awesome source of Ben and I to not necessarily spend a lot of time discussing the health benefits because I think people know about the benefits of reducing your alcohol intake. But having said that, I've become a mum. It is not worth spending my weekend hungover. Most importantly, I don't want to be missing moments. You know, when you drink alcohol, you feel like you turn into a different version. Sometimes it's a great version. Sometimes it's not. 
the reality is the fact that I turned into a different version bothered me. Mm. It really bothered me. Why did I need alcohol to feel like I could be more funny or I could be more open or more affectionate? You know, I'm a very happy drunk. And I feel like that was just a very weird scenario for me to sit back and reflect. I had a few glasses of wine and I'm just this different person. Mm -hmm. I really like who I am. And I think a lot of people genuinely do like who they are. Sometimes we struggle with who we are and sometimes we're not in the best position, you know, to really appreciate ourselves. But ultimately, I think there's so much appreciation that we do have for who we are and our uniqueness and our awesomeness. Again, the name awesome source within you. I want to, yes, avoid the hangovers. Yes, avoid the headaches. But I also just want to really be me and be someone who loves me. Okay. So zero alcohol is having a moment, but I've had this discussion with my husband. Why would you want non-alcohol that tastes like alcohol, but that doesn't give you the buzz? Can you talk us through the rationale around making zero alcohol products that still taste like alcohol? Sorry. It's a great question. The bigger this category is getting, the more sub-segments are emerging. Some non-alcohol products are designed to fully replicate the alcohol experience. And there's some great brands that really deliver to that. Some brands are inspired by alcohol, creating their own version. So they're not necessarily looking to identically imitate what you would experience and then deliver that in their version. And then there are an entire new kind of breed of drinks that are calling themselves non-alc because they don't have alcohol in them, but they're a completely different product. They're not even trying to be, say, for example, a Negroni or a gin and tonic. And so there's three kind of core segments. All of them are targeting very different occasions and very different, in my opinion, people, and even sometimes the same people, but different people on different journeys. E.g., you're starting to drink less alcohol, but you bloody love a gin and tonic. You also really love a bespoke experience and you love the nuances of artisanal gins. You love the botanicals. Awesome sauce, where for you? You're looking at having a similar experience, but something that's different. So because you like food, you like experimenting, you're a foodie. That is the perfect scenario for awesome sauce. You also might be someone who just is looking to cut back alcohol, but really loves the taste and the burn factor of a cocktail. There are plenty of brands that deliver that. So it really just depends where you're at in the journey. And then others just don't like alcohol at all. And they're looking for a cool drink. In that case, you're not looking for the replica. You're not looking for the burn. You're not looking for any of that. You're not even looking for a cocktail or a beer or wine. You're just looking for something else. That's that third sub-segment that I referred to. So kind of holistically answering your question and maybe even a little bit more than you bargained for, if you will, there's different non-alcs, all for different purposes, different people, and most importantly, even the same person in a different part of their journey. Mm, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for stepping us through that. As a marketing nerd, I love when someone <laughs> talks talks dirty to me about customer segments. Oh, oh, it tickles me. Pickle. Oh, I know. I knew it. I knew it tickles you, people. I know. I feel the same. I had a really great conversation yesterday about data, and I was stepping this person through data, and they're like, "I'm also a data nerd." I'm like, "Fantastic! Let's talk about shopper category insights." And let's go through what the data is saying (laughs) (laughs) sales-wise. Love that. All right. So talk us through a timeline of events from having the idea to full-blown manufacturing of this awesome source. Just like every startup, it takes forever to really get to where you want to go. And then you're still always perfecting and implementing that continuous and never-ending improvement philosophy. So... 
I said earlier, I am a subscriber to Tony Robbins. And a lot of people either know him and if they do, they love him or they hate him. Regardless of your opinion, he has absolutely played a huge role in changing my life. Um, Also Ben's. And there's a whole number of reasons why, but that's for a different podcast on another day. The point being is after jumping up and down for five fucking nights, 14-hour, 16-hour days on a business seminar of his, and anyone who's done Tony Robbins will get You are up literally in the opposite time zone. So you're getting up at midnight till about 2, 3, 4, 5 p.m. every day for four to six days straight, depending on the seminar, having constant content and NLP exercises and everything else. This was business-wise. And after that, you cannot leave that experience without making some sort of life-changing, altering decision. Mine was starting a business with Ben where I turned to him and I'm like, babe, we have to start this business. And on the wall, Mia, I had already prior to this had quite a few ideas of which businesses interested me. One of them was not Alks. And I had plastered the wall behind our screen because it was a virtual event of all these ideas. And one clearly stood out to me, which was not Alk drinks. That was the one that I think after the five, six days of crazy hours of all the Tony Robbins in, that felt the one that needed our attention the most and also solved a key problem of mine. So I tend to be like, let's start a business. You're a rocket scientist. I'm a whatever insert here. Let's do it. Let's combine our two different sides of the brain, combine forces and make this happen. He said, no. He literally said to me, he's like, I don't want to start a business with you. (laughs) Maybe you can also get the vibe from this podcast that I'm very passionate and I, I, I love doing things and I thrive off momentum. So I suspect that not everybody wants to start a business um, with a personality type like that. But on the flip side, you get a lot of you lot of, get a lot of greatness from that passion. Eventually, like in all of those circumstances, Mia, you know, he objected and then compromised and said yes. And that was the start of what I thought was going to be the most incredible experience in partnership. Sidebar, and again for another podcast, starting a business with your partner and your baby daddy is hard. It is not easy. It is not for the faint-hearted. And it is a question that we discuss many times a week around, you know, how do we still work together? How do we still live together? How do we raise a baby together? After that, it took, and this is where that passion side comes in, so many months of trying to get anyone to help us. We believe in getting that help, getting the best help that we can get so that we can make the best products. Most people said no. This bushy, bushy-haired, bright-eyed, rose-colored glasses, Francis, sat on call after call with people who just didn't want to help us. We were too new. We were too small. We didn't know what we were doing. What kind of help were you looking for at that stage? We were really looking for someone to support us from a consultancy perspective and a coaching perspective, basically becoming an extension of our team and helping us create a business that was playing big. It wasn't Let's just create a really cute product and then see what happens. It was how do we make this into a business that has legs, that can win in conversations with big accounts, win in e-commerce and really stand out and develop something authentic, but also something commercial. Oh, I love that you started with strategy that it was like, first, we want to nail the value proposition before we've even started mixing like drinks. (laughs) Yeah, I think we we took that angle because you can always start everything on your own and do everything on your own. And a lot of the work that we do and a lot of the work that a lot of people do is that. 
But then there has to be an element of backing yourself, believing yourself and playing big. And to do that, even the best coaches in the world have coaches. Mm. And we really believed in ourselves that we were worthy of that support. And once we finally, after a billion calls, got that yes from a group of people who actually headed up and founded Thank You, the brand, they were incredible with us. I think they just saw that we were passionate, that we were going to make this happen regardless. We just needed a bit of assistance. So we got that yes, started the process, then bought everything he could to build a custom distillation rig on our dining table in the middle of renovation and COVID, distilled everything he could find and built the flavor base for our product. And that's how Awesome Source was born. Amazing. So good. <laughs> and so I love that it was Thank You that helped you. That they're, they're just one of my absolute all-time favorite brands. So I'm happy to hear that what happens behind the scenes also reflects what you see on the outside, that they are just a, a brand that loves to do good in all aspects of, of how they present in the world. And we were really aligned in our thinking as well. Awesome Source is predicated and very grounded in the idea of doing good. We're like a high fashion, high vibe, but good vibe, good intention brand. A lot of our philosophy is giving, generosity, kindness. And we had a huge component of that when we started strategically. One that we will eventuate and one that we will do on a bigger scale. And that really aligned us with these incredible people. Okay, so great. So from dining room table, what does your manufacturing look like now? I don't know if you know this about me, but I actually grew up around factories. So I find this really, really fascinating. But what's your setup now? Where is it made? So yes, we couldn't physically bottle with some sort from our kitchen bench. Aside from the highly illegal aspect of it, it also just wasn't something that we could scale. And we really wanted to make sure that we were setting ourselves up for the future. I think there's a lot of brands who start in their kitchen, make things and it's delicious and tasty. And then when it's time for growth and they get that account that's wanting, you know, 100 stores to have your product in there, they're not really sure how they can supply that. And a lot of that philosophy, we really tried to kind of navigate right at the beginning. So we started with one bottler who took us on. Everyone else said no, of course. Fun fact, we decided to use an imported glass bottle because, you know, why would you use a can when everyone else is using a can? This is our marketing and USP element, right? Like, let's do something different. So we imported a unique glass bottle to bottle with, but nobody wanted to work with us because of the unknown quantity and the risks associated with that. We moved on from them. We were using another bottling company that is incredibly beautiful and a family-owned business, but we have the ingredients with that we procure We currently work with another person to support us in the development of the flavors and the recipes. And then we have that bottled through a third party. So yes, it's quite a process. And I have to admit, that was one of the biggest learning curves. How do you actually bring a product to life? Food product? What are the accreditations? What are the certs that are required? Shelf life testing, microbe testing, rah, 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 rah. You know, name it. It's another thing to learn and another thing to get done. Totally. (laughs) Got Marketing is brought to you by Campaign Del Mar, a marketing education platform for marketers and entrepreneurs. Learn practical, repeatable, and actionable steps to market with confidence. Nail your email marketing strategy or join Campaign Classroom and learn to create memorable and effective marketing campaigns. These are not the kind of online programs where you are left floundering, unsure how to put theory into practice nor will these programs sit unfinished for months. 
you can expect hands-on, tailored advice, accountability, and a supportive community, and you will walk away with lifelong marketing skills. Learn more at campaigndelmar.com. All right, what kind of market research or competitor research did you do? Because now there's um, quite a few non-alcohol brands. And like you said, playing in all sorts of different markets, you've got zero alcohol beer, you've got zero alcohol or low alcohol wine, you've got like pre-mixes like yours. What was your process of mapping where you would fit in the market? Great question. And for everyone who has a marketing background, you understand customer research. You understand market research and surveys and focus groups. You also understand that a lot of what people say isn't necessarily exactly what they're going to do. So purchase intent versus actually buying behavior can often be two very different things. So for me, I started with all the theory and the research. I would interview anyone that wasn't drinking alcohol and I would write notes like crazy about what they would say. You know, there was one moment, Mia, where I I was at my six-month dental checkup and it turned out that the dentist didn't drink alcohol. So after my hygiene appointment, I interviewed my dentist on all things why he didn't drink and figured the insights from there. And I would be that mad woman who would just talk and talk and talk. I eventually found really beautiful macro themes that made very clear sense into the space that we wanted to play. Created prototypes. I would create so many designs of our packaging. And honestly, between you and I and now the rest of the universe, they're all pretty shit. Because I thought, of course, I'm a packaging designer at the same time as everything else, right? And eventually we created our product, got it, stood at market, still stand at markets at events. And I've spent hours and hours and hours talking to customers to figure out what they like and what they don't like. And every production we've done, we've tweaked the flavor, we've increased this element, more juniper, et cetera, et cetera, just through the basis of what actually has now emerged product-wise. But everything was predicated in an intense amount of chatting (laughs) and scribbling and drawing out the big themes that came out. And those themes, just to kind of close off the, um, the response is, My customers, they want the spectacle and the fanfare of a beautiful cocktail experience. We're talking the cocktail glass, the the garnish, the vibe, and hence why Awesome Source looks the way it looks. It's why we're not in a can at the moment. It's why we are in black and white packaging. It's why we really developed the story um, and that overall customer experience that we deliver. That all came from our insights. That's fabulous. I love how it's more ceremonial then. It's like it's an elevated customer experience. It's like, well, why can't I go out and have a good time and have a beautiful drink that just doesn't have alcohol in it? Yes. And I have it in a beautiful glass and I have it with a beautiful garnish. I think that's fabulous. It's the very basis of everything product-wise and experience-wise. If you receive an order from us, it comes in a custom black and white bold carton Inside, you receive our products. Most of the time, you get a Polaroid with a personal written message from Ben and I. Likely, you're going to get garnishes. You're going to get all of these beautiful things. And that is just as fundamental to me as the liquid in the product, the ingredients. The whole experience needs to be considered because our customers are discerning. So we're discerning for them. 
Uh, yes, I've received one of these incredible packages from you. And I have to say it is absolutely chef's kiss in terms of customer experience and every little detail considered. So um, I'm here for it for sure. You are not for 100% sobriety in your messaging. What is your position? Our take is if you have a challenging relationship with alcohol, and that can be challenging in many different ways, is that we believe that even Awesome Source isn't for you. So it's it's a point where we sit firmly. If alcoholism or anything related to alcohol is something that's sensitive or triggering or challenging for you, that's a different conversation. That's the need for sobriety. And I think we as a brand, we very much have most of our customers sitting in a space of what is traditionally called as switches, customers who switch, people who drink alcohol, but they're looking to moderate, you know, quote unquote moderate or looking to have a better for you alternative. Those people don't necessarily have a challenging relationship with alcohol. So our customers enjoy a cocktail. They enjoy a wine. They enjoy a beer. We want them to enjoy their lives, how they see fit, and really be a no-judgment brand for that audience. So we're really separating ourselves. For our customers, live your best life. Eat that pasta. Fuck it. Pile on that goddamn parmesan high. Have that slice of cake. Have that cocktail, right? When you are looking for a better product for your health, because that might be a health-related decision that you're making. It might be a moment. Say you're going to a barbecue and it's a really hot day and you just, you know, that ugh, feeling when you're getting you know, drunk in a, in a hot environment or it's a Thursday night or you're going somewhere and it's your first drink or the second drink of the night. You just don't want to have full alcoholic ones. So you're splitting. That's where we come in. That's our messaging. And that's something that we believe is fundamental to have a, a very little judgment for our customers. That's awesome pardon the pun. As I was researching for this podcast, I found that the zero alcohol market has this whole vernacular that I'm wrapping my head around. And I think what you've just described has a term and it's tiger striping. Okay. Have you heard this? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, some days they have alcohol, some days they have no alcohol, some days they have low alcohol, some days, like you said, they might just start with to non-alcoholic drinks and then finish the the night with the GNT. I love it. I think it's um it's all about balance, right? Interestingly, I spoke to the founder of Heaps Normal on a masterclass that I was running an event around campaigns for social impact and he it wasn't actually a founder, sorry. It was the marketing director, Timothy Snape of Heaps Normal and he said that they got a body of research that said that after dry July people just end up binging alcohol. So they they stop drinking for a month and then they just binge. And it's like, it's so counterproductive to do that. What if you could just balance every day as opposed to this all or nothing whiplash that you get? Yeah, it's a weird one. Sometimes I get um, someone walking up to me and saying, oh yeah, it's dry July or Feb fast. I'm not drinking. Uh, I'll buy some awesome sauce. I always have that conversation with them about their next steps and why they're not drinking for a month, but then potentially drinking later. And that it's really your decision how you live your life and what makes sense for you. The alternative of non-elks should be a permanent alternative, no matter what month it is. And I think we have a job to do in also promoting drinking less alcohol as a better for you choice. 
but making sure it's not monthly or in a calendar type situation. Another example is I got a call from a chiropractor the other day and the phone call started like this. Hey, Francis, this month is customer appreciation month. And then my first thought was, why do you only have a month dedicated to valuing your customers? This should be a daily practice. And I fully understand where they're coming from and how they believe that they're doing the right thing. I can completely get it. But that was my thought. And it's a similar thought around having a dedicated period in the year that you don't drink versus just living a lifestyle that, to your point, is either based on moderation or that suits you. For me, I have a, a zag and a zig day or a cheat day. Most of the week, I'm eating relatively healthy. And even sometimes I give myself a pass. Like I'm bloody human. But on my other day, my cheat day or my zag day, oh, if I want chocolate cake, if I want pizza, fuck it. If I want a croissant for breakfast, pizza, a lunch, and a burger for dinner, I am not denying myself that pleasure. That's my lifestyle choice. That's my sustainable lifestyle choice. And I've been doing that for a number of years. Yeah. I feel you're more gracious than I am with the customer appreciation <laughs> month. Like, I'm sorry, that makes no sense to me whatsoever that you would make that call. And I, I would have been so indignant and be like, well, what about next month? Do you not appreciate your customers next month? Correct. Oh, it's just, it's so silly. All right. Let's talk about marketing awesome source. Yep. What have been some of your lessons or surprises in this journey? Marketing is an interesting one because that is so fundamental to any business. And I really feel, you know, that tension within particularly businesses and corporates where sales versus marketing or the need for marketing is questioned, like where the coloring in department, and I'm saying this on a, also a video call where I'm doing the quotation marks in my hands for those of you playing at home. And that really bothers me, obviously, and I'm sure it bothers you, Mia. Uh, but the reality is that if you don't have awareness, you don't have a brand. Uh, you don't get traffic to your website, people don't know about you, there's no recognition, and ultimately there's no sampling, trialing, buying, and, and repeat buying, right? So for me, the biggest challenge has been being a brand that's known, building my awareness. And that's really hard when you're the owner of the brand because you're the one that has to stand up and be present and show up and invest in your identity, invest in your brand's identity. And that not only is costly financially, but it's also it's a huge energy zap. So for me, awareness is key. And that is something that we're absolutely working on. Being a, someone called me a baby brand the other day. I get it. I totally get that term that someone else says that about me. And I think we are at the beginning of our journey. So, so that's kind of lesson number one. If you don't have awareness and people don't know about you, it's bloody tricky. Um, and the second one is really about making sure that you're clear on your brand identity. We get a lot of feedback about our brand identity, our tone of voice, and really knowing who you are and who you're talking to. Owning that is key because nobody really wants to interact with a brand that is saying very little or isn't saying something with conviction and authenticity in every category. And I think there's examples of this in, in the non-alc too, is some beautiful brands, some excellent products. But what do you stand for? What are you saying? How are you different? And really owning that. See, Awesome Source, bold, unapologetic, an extension of you, your awesomeness. You know, Enjoy your awesome with every sip. You are the Awesome Source. No matter who you are, own that and live that and enjoy that. Let the world enjoy that, that self-love, that high vibe, right? And I think sometimes it's scary to really sit in, into a strong position. But for me, that lesson has 
taken a while to learn, again, backing it, believing in it, really delivering on that. And then right now we're going through a beautiful period of just building all of this out. And how does that look like visually? How does it look like through content? How does that look like through packaging? But that's my biggest second lesson uh, when it comes to marketing. So be known and then be known for something that you're proud of and it speaks to a certain audience and fucking own it. Go for it. Yeah, you can't be half pregnant. You have to go all in, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I absolutely love that. Like, you know, I, I see that with myself. I'm a marketer in a sea of marketers. Yes. You have to find a way to get known for something. And I'm a generalist marketer as well. I can write strategies. I can do content. I can do emails. But I really chose campaigns as being the thing that I wanted people to be like, campaigns, Mia, you know? And that has served us incredibly well. It doesn't mean that we can't do other things. It doesn't mean that Awesome Source can't evolve to other spirits, to other beverages. But I really love how straight out of the gates, you chose one product, you absolutely nailed the flavor profile, the taste, the packaging. And then that's going to be that thing that people know you for, recognize you for, that allows you to build a profitable, sustainable business to then launch into other categories. I love what you're saying. It really reminds me of an MD that I used to work for a long, long time ago. And he said something really interesting that I will never forget. And always, it's always stayed with me now. That there's no such thing as a neutral impression. You either leave a positive impression or you leave a negative impression. And you have the choice to decide how someone walks away from a conversation with you or from an interaction with you or with your brand. But it'll always fall into either negative or positive. Because even neutral means that you haven't delivered on anything great, which means that you're you're forgetful, you're going to be forgotten, sorry, you're not memorable, and they're just going to not engage or not buy. And for me, that philosophy is really important. Yeah, so there's no neutrality. Yeah, there is no impression. There is no impression. Yeah, you didn't leave an impression. I love that. I had a conversation with a brand earlier this week and I said, oh, you know, what do you stand for? What are you passionate about? What makes you different? She's like, you know what? I'm a little bit boring. I'm your average guy and I'm your average girl. And I'm like, <laughs> that's going to bode well. Well, then own that. Own that. Just find a really interesting way to articulate that that doesn't make you sound average, but maybe you're owning an element around, you know, just the human experience or something. But yeah, the idea in the, in my opinion, very, very clear rationale that there's nothing neutral. It's A or B. So good. Okay. And how are you planning with your marketing on riding the momentum around zero elk or are you not? Another lesson that I learned early on was not looking too much left and right because that really makes you feel uncomfortable about what everyone else is doing. And I'm incredibly impressed anyway with my friends and allies in the category. They're doing incredible things. I also absolutely am impressed with the narrative in the media about non-elks. What I'm planning on doing is staying true to who we are and really doubling down, tripling down on building the most beautiful brand with great tasting, bold packaging and flavors and, and continuing to color outside the lines, if you will, in that experience and in, the, in, the, in this space. So the wave is the wave. The wave is really just beginning. We've probably got another two, three, five, seven years before non-alcs are really at the same sales level as alcohol. I'm 
going to continue working on what Awesome Source is about and believing in my customers. And those that pick me, I 100% unequivocally pick you. So with every fiber of my being, I will deliver the most incredible cocktail in the non-alpha version I can. Oh, I love that. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you, Francis. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about this episode because I feel my premonition tells me that Awesome Source is going to be a big deal. And I want people to go, yeah, but she was on Mia's podcast like years ago. Mia saw that. (laughs) She saw that. She identified it. And now like Francis is a big deal. Ben's a big deal. Awesome Source is a big deal. But they were on the Gut Marketing podcast first. Yes. Oh, babe, I feel the same way. It's part of why I was hesitant to to be on this podcast. You're a big deal. You're incredible. I see you in the media. I see you delivering the most incredibly interesting and beautiful content campaigns and opinions. I think equally ditto, 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 ditto. Thank you. Let's end on Mutual Appreciation Society. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for generously donating your wisdom with us, Francis. Um, How can people get their hands on a bottle of Awesome Sauce? Absolutely. I very much would love you to try Awesome Sauce. Love it or hate it, that is completely your decision. I will let my packaging and my product do the talking. And hopefully that speaks to you and your beautiful life. Try Awesome Source at awesomesource.co and I will absolutely love, love, love to give you 10% off. Just sign up for my really sassy swear uh, word laden emails to get that 10% off and I will pack a cool little garnish and absolutely over deliver for you when you order Awesome Source. They're on the website and there's some cheeky content at awesome.source on IG. Fantastic. I will link all of that below in the show notes. Thank you once again, Francis. It was such a pleasure. Bye, everyone. See you soon. Thank you. You listened right up until the end. So why not hit that subscribe button and keep the good marketing rolling? Podcast reviews are like warm hugs and they're also the best way to support a small business. You can connect with me, Mia Feilman, on Instagram or LinkedIn. And feel free to send me a message. I'm super friendly. 